Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Chelsea Hagen. Hot. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, it's either extremes, isn't it? It's either freezing cold in Melbourne or boiling hot. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, so Dan sends his love. He's in Germany at the moment and uh, they're doing the awakening school and training up and equipping evangelists from all over the world to go back to their own nations and do stadium events. So um, it's been going amazing. They've, they've heard some incredible testimonies. So when he's back, uh, I'm sure he will share with you. Hallelujah. So um, it would make sense for me today to preach on fasting. Um, and that's what I was going to preach on because we're going into our February fast and we all need to know how to fast and all that stuff. Um, but no, no, no. The Holy Spirit has been waking me up. Um, over the last week and just giving me um, pictures and, and pieces of this word that's burning on his heart. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm just, whatever you've got for the people, then I want to share that. I want to be faithful to share that in the way that you're communicating it to me. And so, um, so I hope you really enjoy this message. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you, Jesus. Lord, these are your words, not mine. God, that, that I'm just a messenger, Lord, that, that you've um, given me a message, Heavenly Father, to challenge us and provoke us, Lord Father God, to change us, to shift things in our life, Lord, to bring conviction, Lord God, to inspire, Lord God, to encourage, to lift us up, Lord God. And I just thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that every word that proceeds from your mouth, Lord God, it will not come back void. God, it will not fall to the ground, Lord Jesus, but it will bear much fruit, Lord God, that your word goes forth and it accomplishes that which you sent it to do, Lord God. So I thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I just pray God, that, um, that people would have open hearts and open ears to, to hear you today, Lord Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm going to title this message, it's Harvesting Time. Hallelujah. Who's excited about harvest time? What, give, me a, give me a wave. Awesome. We've been hearing a lot about the harvest lately. Um, how many people here, I just want a show of hands, are excited and believe that the revival is coming to Australia? Come on, there should be every hand up because it is indeed happening. God is moving in people's lives like I've never seen before. Hallelujah. And so... Um, so who, who here, let's do a show of hands, is excited about the harvest? Hallelujah. God gave me a word at the beginning of the year and he, he told me there was a bumper crop coming. He didn't use the word harvest. And what the difference is, I'm like, well, what's the difference, Holy Spirit? And he showed me that a bumper crop was an unusually large harvest, an unusually large 
um, you know, amount of fruit in that season. And the problem with the harvesting time was that there was not enough room to contain it. They didn't have enough silos. They didn't have enough, um, you know, people and all those things. And so that was the major problem with a bumper um, harvest. And so I, um, God's been speaking to me about a little book and um, I don't know if this is just a New Zealand book, I'm not sure, but I grew up in New Zealand, so th- this little story book is called uh, The Little Red Hen. Has anyone heard about it? Cool, we've got a few. You're not all just from New Zealand? Is it an Australian book as well? Praise God. Hallelujah. And so this, for those of those who don't know, it's a, um, it's a children's story book, and it's called The Little Red Hen. And there's a little red hen who lives on this farm and she's got like three friends and she's scratching through the dirt one day and she finds um, a seed. And she knows from looking at the farm, she knows that if I plant the seed that I can get some wheat and if I can get some wheat, I can make some bread and I can have some food to eat. And so she's excited. She finds this seed. She's just so excited about the seed. And so she proceeds to ask the other animals in the barn, um, you know, we, we need to plant this seed. Who, who wants to help me plant the seed? Uh, not I, said the duck. Not I, said the goat. Not I, said the sheep. And so she takes it on, she just plants it herself. And then she realizes that this seed is going to die and she realizes it needs to be watered. So she's like, uh, who, who wants to help me water the seed? Uh, not I, not I, not I, is the response. And so she goes and does it herself. And so then there's this whole big process of this, of this wheat growing and that it needs to be cut. And as she keeps asking in the process of this, that she's met with not I, not I, not I. And so she does the whole thing herself. And in the end, she, she's cut all the weed and she's, she's ground the flour because no one else wants to help. And so she proceeds to bake this cake. This, this is the vision that she's seen. She knows that from a little seed, she's going to partake of this, uh, sorry, not a cake, bread, delicious bread. And so that's, that's what she's, um, the vision that she's had for this seed. And so as she, she goes about the process of that, she's got this beautiful smelling loaf of bread. And all the barnyard animals can smell this amazing loaf of bread. And she says, who wants to help me eat it? I do, I do, I do. And God really started to speak to me about the little red hen. I've had it on my heart all week. And he said, Chelsea, there's so many that want the harvest. There's so many that want to partake of the harvest and the glory of God, but they won't lift a finger to help. And this, you know, I don't want this to come across as a hard message. I want this to come across as a stirring of what can I do to help. And I want it to provoke us and challenge us to what we can do in regards to the harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's hot in here, right? It's so funny, you know, I was thinking about the harvest and I'm like, wow, God, there's so many prophetic words from great prophets about the harvest. And I'm like, God, tell me about the harvest. And so he started to download to me and, um, and you think it's hot in here and there's, you know, maybe sweat pouring 
down and it's really hot and it's sticky and, and stuff like that, well, um, that's what the harvest is like. It's actually easier sowing and planting and watering than it is for the harvest. And it's really interesting. I was brought up um, uh, near a farm in New Zealand. That's why I've got the accent. I've uh, been here for 20 years and I still sound like a Kiwi. So when I'm back home, I sound like an Australian. And when I'm here, I still sound like a Kiwi. So I can't win, but that's okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so when it was harvest time, um, you know, when they do the hay baling, I remember that the boys, my brothers especially, they'd be, you know, they would be up at sun up and they would not get home till sundown for probably at least six weeks. You know, everyone would be helping, everyone would be in the kitchen making extra sandwiches and making dinner and making sure that they were looked after, but harvest time was hard work. Is there any farmers in the house? Awesome. So um, is harvest time a time where you just put your feet up and sleep in? Can anyone answer me as a farmer? So the, the hay bale isn't going to bale itself. It's, it's not going to do it itself. It's going to require hands, right? And so God started to speak to me about the harvest. And, um, and I love what Jesus said. He said, John 4, 35. Say ye not, there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receives wages and gathers fruit into eternal life. Both he that sowed and he that reaps may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true, one sow and another reaps. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you are entering into their labors. And, you know, Dan and I have only been here for four years and I'm very well aware that we are entering into other people's labors. I am very well aware that we are the um, answer and the manifestation of answers to prayer that people have even prayed 30 years ago for this community. And so we reap where we haven't sown. And so I wanted to just bring this example. Praise God, I managed to, I managed to hide this. My son loves fruit. And he's always foraging through my bag for fruit because I leave it there for him. And I'm like, I hope he doesn't get this one because I need it today. So it's, it's, it's whole. And, um, you know, th- this, is the, this is the finished product, right? Now, when I go and buy an apple or, or anything for that matter, you know, I just, I just buy it and eat it, right? It's the, it's the blessing. It's, um, it's the end result. But I don't think about what it takes to get this apple in my hand. I don't think about the farmer who's up at five in the morning planting seeds or the 20 years it takes to grow an apple tree or the cultivation or the watering or the looking after or the financial struggles that they might have or the people picking it, the people packing it, the transportation. 
I don't think about any of that stuff. But for me to eat this blessing, somebody has had to sacrifice. And so it is in the kingdom. You know, even to get here today, like we provide a place where you guys can come and eat, where you've got green pastures and you can come and feed on the word of God, but you guys don't see behind the scenes of the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of preparation it's taken to even run this service. That people are getting up early, Maddie, faithfully, every week, editing video after video in the... in. The heat, you know, the ushers, the car park people, the people that are handing around the buckets, the cafe. It's all just laid out for you so you can just come and partake. And that's what we want. We want people to be well fed in the house of God. But when we're reaping, there's always someone that's paid a sacrifice. When we, we're, we're blessed, we ask God for money and someone gives it to us, that's required a sacrifice for that person. Hallelujah. 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 I tell you, man, you know, so often the gospels preach that, hey, just give your life to Jesus and all be rainbows and lollipops. The gospel will cost you something. The gospel will cost you. And I really want to challenge us today. What are we prepared to lay down for this next generation? I know people have been praying for for this to happen, for us to be in this community. There's a lot of background work. There's hours and hours and hours and hours that goes into this place to keep this place running. And I thank God that God planted this here because I don't know where some of the people would be if this wasn't here. I really don't. I don't know where the people would be that, you know, amazing outreach team just nonstop out in our community, praying for people, loving on people, following up people, pastoring people. It's a big operation. The admin side, it's massive. The cleaning, the, it just goes on and on and on. The ordering, the, just, man, just if you want to know, you know how a church is run, just come in for one day and you'll understand what it takes to put on even one service. And so um, I, you know, God was really challenging me and, you know, the previous generation have Um, labored for us and they have sacrificed greatly what are we as a church and as a body and as a family of God going to lay down for the next generation what are we going to sow today that they can reap in the future come on man this is exciting (laughs) Hallelujah, there was so much joy on, on this word. You know, God challenged me and he said, Charles, he said, you know, I, um, John Boy and those guys ran an amazing outreach on Australia Day in Ballon Park and people just getting to hear the gospel. That's the whole reason that we're here, that people wouldn't perish and that they would make covenant with God and they would be restored to God that they would repent of their sins and that they would come into a right relationship with God, that they wouldn't perish, but they would also partake of eternity. And that's our theme this year is eternity. And that's the whole reason we do what we do, that God wants his kids home. You know, last, last night, man, even to bring this word, the pressures behind trying to bring this word, 
even, you know, this morning I'm halfway here. I'm halfway here and I love the Holy Spirit. He's so sweet. He goes, Charles, he goes, you forgot your shoes. <laughs> I said, well, you could have told me that 20 minutes ago, you know. <laughs> Three children trying to get them ready. You don't understand the pressures behind what it is to, to, to preach the gospel even. For, for me to stand here and, you know, what Dan and I personally have had to endure to keep saying yes to God. Yeah. I remember someone came up to me one day and it was the most beautiful thing anyone had ever said to me. And it just hit my heart so hard. And they said this. They said, thank you, Chelsea, that you've stood through the hard times that we can be blessed. Man, it takes a lot to stand for Jesus, man. I tell you what, all of hell will come against you. All of hell comes against this church. All of hell comes against us. But the gates of hell shall not prevail against the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus um, said to us that... Um, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Luke 9, 57 to 62. And the context, the verse before that, he's saying, oh, you know, um, oh, we've just got to bury someone. And we've just got to do this and we've just got to do that. All these excuses of why I can't follow Jesus yet. And Jesus' response, beautiful pastor Jesus, said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. What does he mean by that? He's talking about a farmer and they used a plow on the field. And so the man would put his hand to the plow and he'd look into the distance and he'd keep his eyes on the horizon so he would plow in a straight line. And what happens is if you've got your hand to the plow and you're plowing and you're looking back, you're going to start going in crooked lines and you're going to make a mess. And so what Jesus is saying in that day, he was in an agricultural community, what he's saying is he's like, keep your eyes on eternity. Keep your eyes on the vision. Keep your eyes on why, why you're even here, which is to win the loss. Keep your eyes fixed on heaven, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We cannot afford to look back. I'm telling you, if you are born again in this place, man, stop looking back to your past. What are you looking for? You can't go back and change it. But what you can do is you can look forward to a glorious future in Jesus, in his mercy, in his grace, in a fresh slate. Don't look back. Don't look back. Put your hand to the plow. Jesus, I'm in. Jesus, what do you need me to do? Jesus, how can I be part of the harvest? God, what can I do to put my hand to the plow in this place? And so God started to speak to me and he said, Charles, and I love it, Charles, Charles. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you going to tell me now, Lord? Praise God. I love him. I love him. He just wants to be involved in every detail and he just talks nonstop. He's, he's very relational. He just, he just loves us. It's so good. I love that he talks to me. And he said to me, he said, Charles, there's, 
you know, a team that goes out um, on Fridays and now we're going to go out Saturday evangelism as well. Uh, we want to reach this community for Christ. We want to we want to reach this community for Christ. And um, John Boy and the team's been doing a phenomenal job in doing that. Um, and God said to me, he said, Charles, what if, what if you just put a challenge out there that every single person in this house would just witness to just one person a day? Just one. You know, while you're pumping gas or, you know, whatever you're doing, shopping, just, just one person, just as you go. Just as you go. There's people everywhere, amen? I, I don't know about you, but I can't get away from people. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Just one. If we would just commit just to one. So say there's 200 people in this building. That's an extra 1,400 people that would hear the gospel in a week. Just one. Just one. In a year, that would be 72,800 people that we could reach extra for the gospel. Come on, man. We can't all do everything, but we can all do something. We can all do something to get involved in the harvest, amen. It's not time to sit back and put our feet up and sleep in, man. I'm telling you, the harvest time is the hardest time. In the natural, it's the hardest time. You work around the clock. You sweat, pour it. You think it's, it's hot in here, man. In harvest time, <laughs> you've got the sun beating down on you. Anyone who's picked fruit would know the same thing. In harvest time, man, you have more work coming out your ears than you can possibly imagine. And so the problem with the harvest is if we don't get it, Jesus said, it's always right. God's waiting on us to go and get the harvest. We're not waiting for revival to happen. It's already here. If we would pick up the sickle and we would start to plow the fields, if we would start to witness to people every day, Christianity, witnessing to people, whether it's person at the cafe, build relationship, start putting that sickle in wherever you see it. Man, time is short. People are perishing. Every day, people are falling into hell. And that's not God's will. It's not his will that any should perish. And the reason I do what I do is a labor of love, man, because I stand here and even all the pressures and all the stuff that come, comes against me, man, I'm not leaving this post. Because I look at the sacrifice of the Son of God. He paid the sacrifice so I could even stand here. Man, a wretched, wicked sinner hating on God. Hating on God, yet his love pursued me and he never gave up. And he tried again and again and again and again and again. He never gave up on me. And he's never going to give up on people in our community. He's never going to give up on those ones in here. He's going to keep knocking. He's going to keep knocking. Because he doesn't want it heaven without you doesn't want heaven without you. It's incomplete without you. You know, and last night, my, my son's 20 now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 21 this year. How quick that's happened. But, you know, he was, he was out last night and, you know, I'm awake. Mum, it doesn't matter how old your kids get, you're always mum. And I was like, I can't sleep until I know he's safe at home. And God said to me, he goes, I feel the same way. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh, man. 
good father, man. He wants his kids home. He wants his kids home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God wants us to multiply and expand his kingdom. He never called us to maintain. He called us to take over. He called us to be fruitful and multiply. Everything that Jesus did, he used multiplication. I'm not good at maths. I failed maths miserably, you know. I'm, I'm kind of like Jesus. Yeah, two and five, that'll do 5,000. Woo, we're good, Jesus. <laughs> just whatever we got, we'll just multiply it. It'll be good. <laughs> and that's what he wants. If we can just do something. I know there's many of us in here, there's many of us that are, that are doing a lot and, you know, th there's a lot. But if every single one of us put our hand up in this place and said, what can I do to help? It wouldn't be 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. We need laborers in this place. Jesus said that the laborers were few. Jesus even knew back then, he said, the laborers are few, are few. Who really wants to work for the kingdom? We get excited about the harvest. Yeah, the harvest. Who wants to work? No one. Cool. Who wants change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's willing to change? Come on, man. Come on. And we were created for this hour to reap a harvest. There is, I've never seen people more open to the gospel than now. I've been out on the street for 15 years, leading teams out, preaching nonstop. And I'm telling you, the harvest, I've never seen anything like it. They're just falling off the tree. I had a lady come to my door selling electricity, end up leading her to Jesus. Like they're just falling off the tree. It's ridiculous. But the thing is, if we don't get that sickle into the harvest, it's going to fall. And just like that harvest is going to be wasted and fall rotting into the ground. God's waiting for us. We are the move of God. We are. It's our responsibility. We've been given a dispensation of the gospel. It's our responsibility. Jesus did everything. He's already paid the price. He's already sacrificed for us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's paid everything that he can. It's up to us now to co-labor. Co-labor. Work. Work. It's a labor of love, though. It's compassion that moves me for this community. It's compassion that moves me for this church. It's compassion that moves me to see stories like Paul Baker come in just so smashed up and be able to go home to glory completely changed and transformed. It's compassion that moved Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is so good. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. It's better to give. He said freely you've been given. Freely, sorry, you've received. Freely give. Don't bottle up the Holy Spirit. Don't bottle them up. Talk to people. Tell them about Jesus. Man, you'll be hated and ridiculed, but who cares? The Spirit of glory rests on you even more. Man, 
know would rather upset someone in this lifetime than them go to an eternity without Jesus. Man, I'd far rather have someone yelling and screaming in my face like I used to do to people. God had the last laugh on my life. There's people living in torment everywhere. And Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw people without a shepherd. The good shepherd. Man, he's good. Man, he's good. He misses his kids. He loves his kids. He wants us to go and get him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God doesn't want us idle. He spoke to the people in the marketplace and they were standing around idle doing nothing and God put them to work. We hear the story of the talents where, you know, one got one, one got five, one got ten. And God expects us to multiply what he's given us. He expects us to use what we've been given. There's no point asking for more, more God, if you won't even use what we got. He's given you everything. You lack nothing, nothing. There's nothing you lack. There's nothing he hasn't given you. There's nothing that he has not poured out so that we can go. Holy Spirit's an expert. You just start talking to people and he'll just take over. Man, I tell you, there's no greater joy than witnessing to someone and leading people into the kingdom. Man, if you want to make the Holy Ghost smile and you want to make heaven rejoice and heaven shout, go get the lost. Go get them. Bring them in. Get them connected. Get them discipled. Get them out reaping the harvest. Hallelujah. It's going to take every hand on deck. And if everybody does something, if everybody, if everybody helps, it's going to be so much shorter than it would have taken with 20% trying to do it all. Imagine 200 people a week hitting the streets of Frankston. Can you imagine? And I read in um I read in the gospels and I love Paul, you know, they're they're preaching so much in this city that people are reciting the gospel back to them. Because they've already heard about Jesus, they've already heard about the Messiah. Because so many people are preaching. I want that. I want that in Frankston. Can you imagine how many teams we could actually get out there and get into the pines and get into so many other areas if we just have everyone put their hand up and go, you know what, I'm just going to sacrifice, um, you know, a couple of hours once a month and I'm going to get out on that team or even once a fortnight. I want to be part of the harvest. I want to reach souls for Jesus. Because I'm telling you, this life is so short, man. It's gone, like gone. Gone. This harvest is for eternity. Man, when we stand in, in glory, and I think about this a lot, and I'm like, wow, God, I can't wait to get there. I know there's work to be done, but I can't wait to get there. You know, the amount of people that are going to come up, and they're just going to say things. You're going to be like, wow, did that even take root? Like, you know, all those words that you've spoken of the gospel, all those encouragements, all, all the things that you've sown impact people. Everything's going to count, man. Everything's going to reap a harvest.
because you're being faithful to sow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we even see in, um, in Genesis and we see, you know, they're, they're walking and talking with God in the cool of the day. <laughs> Maybe that's why I want to go to heaven. It's cool there. Heat is from hell, I tell you. It really is. <laughs> yeah, but... There's also water <laughs> and wind. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. And so they, even, even in a perfect environment, they were still tending the garden. There's work to be done in, in this season. There's work to be done. And, you know, I know the words that God's spoken prophetically over this nation, but unless we put our hand to the plow, it's not going to happen. Jesus said it was ripe for harvest way back then. If it's ripe for harvest way back then, this is thousands and thousands of years. Why isn't Jesus back yet? He said when the gospel's preached throughout the whole earth, he'll be back. So let me ask you another question. Now who's keen? Who's excited about the harvest? Now you know it's going to take rolling up your sleeves and it's not, a, it's not a time for rest, man. You know, when that harvest comes in and, you know, we get those people discipled and all that stuff, we can enjoy the fruits of the labor and, and all that stuff, man. But there is a work to do while we're here on this earth. Otherwise, we would just get born again and God would just take us straight away. If there was nothing to do here and we didn't, didn't have any part to play, then he would have just taken us the second I got born again. Cool. Glory, Jesus. Let's go. Praise God. So don't backslide. Take me quick, you know. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. And so what we're going to do is um, we're going to be running some uh, a volunteer night, those that are interested in volunteering. You know, we just don't want to hear the word of God and go, well, that was a nice sermon, Charles. That's awesome. But we, we need to take action now. God is waking me up night after night after night, and he's, this is on his heart. And we need to be stirred to action and go, okay, God, I hear what you're saying. What is my response? What is my response going to be, God? And I'm not talking about the ones that are already serving and already leading and all that kind of stuff. But maybe you just, you, you know, you, you don't know how to serve or you're not, you know, active in this house. You know, we want to activate you. We want to see you fulfill the call that God's got on your life. And that's our heart. And so we're going to run um, a volunteer night and also a service intensing, uh, ten intensive training for all those who are already involved at FIRE as well. So that's going to be um, on the 24th of March. So we really want to train and really equip people. We, we, we need to bring in this harvest and we need to be ready for them when they come because they will come. We've just doubled our evangelism team and hopefully it's quadrupled now after this message. And so we want to make space and we want to make room for the lost to come in here, man. There's so many people that haven't heard the gospel. It shocks me. So many people that haven't heard the gospel. 
And so I just want to, um, I just want to do a quick uh, call out. You know, the, the whole purpose of, um, of anything is that people would be reconciled to God. And so I just want to give a quick call out. If you don't know Jesus in this house, if you, don't, if you don't know this amazing, incredible God that I'm talking about that just loves you so much, you know, maybe you've heard about him, maybe you have known him or, um, you know, maybe you've just known religion. You think that God's up there with a big stick waiting for you to make a mistake so he can punish you. That's not God. That's not God. God's a God of love. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of mercy. He's a God who cares. He's a God that's with us. He's a God that is our very present help in time of trouble. He's with us 24-7. He said he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. You don't need an appointment to see God. The wall of petition was destroyed when he died on the cross and we can go directly to him. Papa, Heavenly Father. So I just want to give people an opportunity in this place. Maybe you don't know how amazing, how beautiful and how wonderful this Jesus is. And so I just want everyone to um, just to bow their heads and just close their eyes. And I just want to give people an opportunity. This is between you and God. You know, maybe God's been knocking on that door for, for years and years and years. I don't know. But there's a reason that you're in this place today. And it's not by accident. It's a divine appointment. God set you up. Do you realize that? You're in this place today. If you, if you don't know Jesus, God has set you up. Just like he set me up. But he was far more amazing and far more wonderful and far more beautiful than I could ever have imagined, hoped or dreamed. And he's the same God yesterday, today and tomorrow. And so I want to give people an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, or if you need to get right with Him, would you put your hand up in this place today? Hallelujah. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Papa. Praise you, Papa. There's mercy. There's mercy. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter your past. But you can stand before Him today and say, Jesus, I surrender. God, I've tried to run my life the own, my own way and it just doesn't work. God, forgive me. Forgive me of all my sins. God, wash me whiter than snow. God, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and you died and and rose on the cross three days later. Heavenly Father, come. Come and be Lord and Saviour of my life. Come and make all things brand new, Jesus. Help me to walk this walk with you, Jesus. That's what we've got to do. We've just got to turn in repentance and just say, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God. I'm so sorry, God. And the King of glory, the beautiful, sweet King of glory has just been waiting and 
waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting day after day, just like my son at night, I'm waiting, I can't sleep until my son's home. want you to come forward if that's you. You can go to this side of the stage. We've got a ministry team. Let's give them a round of applause, man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au. Thank you.